Welcome back to the podcast after a long hiatus. Attack for 20, episode 11, with a featured guest. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm Fino. I got top eight at the Pro Tour here with my buddies. <laughs> Fino most notably couldn't sabotage Prism from not LLing. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many, so many funny stories about that. So it's been a while. Uh, you guys might notice I sound a little, a little raspy still. We are just trying to do like kind of a recap of Pro Tour Leal. And then also I know a lot of people are kind of curious to see what we think of the CC meta going into US Nationals. There's already been a couple of Nationals events. So this is going to be a little bit more of a laid back episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some stories from France and also what we think of the new CC format. Uh, if I can say something real quick, uh, I want to actually thank you guys for your uh, other episodes, the talking about the draft form and everything. That was honestly super helpful for the Pro Tour, the uh, talking about like the path collation and all sorts of like the statistics of pull rates of things. That was honestly really fucking helpful. Yeah, that's what we aim to do. We can't, we can't perform well. Hopefully someone <laughs> who listens to us can. <laughs> that, that was like my experience in Singapore. A lot of people were saying, hey, like the podcast helped. And they're like, how'd you do in draft? I'm like, I too forged. <laughs> <laughs> like, I 6-0 draft. Your podcast was so helpful. How'd you do? I'm like, I did 2-4. <laughs> those, those who can't do teach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're washed we're washed up now i think uh first things first uh fino got top eight at pro tour leal what was your uh what was your favorite part about the whole like france experience oh so many good parts uh the number one thing that comes to mind was the food i had such a good time dining there um i so I went to Europe for two weekends. I started by going the weekend before to London for Pokemon Worlds. And uh, Pokemon was just a blast. Pokemon Worlds is always a good time. Um, I just went to hang out because I was already in Europe. Might as well go to hang out. And then the food was just a travesty there. And my whole <laughs> trip was just absolutely cursed. I, it was just every day a new a uh, new terrible thing would happen and it got to the point that I just said fuck it and left uh, early for Lil, changed my bookings with my hotels and stuff and I ended up uh, making friends with someone on the bus trip to Lil and told them how bad my food experience in London was and she was like, I got you I live in Lil," and she sent me a, she spent like an hour on the bus just writing up a list of all of the local uh, watering spots for food, not the like tourist attraction places, just the like, if you live here, you you know, this place is good, which is exactly what I wanted. And I ended up going to I think nine out of 12 spots on it because the other ones were closed. Yeah, they were just like closed for vacation or something. And I'm not used to people giving me good food recommendations. Nine out of nine of the places I went to were some of the best food I've ever had. I, it was incredible. I was I was having the time of my life there, just gorging. One of the places was a bakery. It was so good that I went back in for seconds, and then I went back in for thirds. <laughs> I, I was 
being a fat American, it was great. Oh man, yeah, I I thought that the food in Lille was pretty good, although I think maybe you missed out. You, I think you could have won the Pro Tour if you had went to the KFC, because apparently there are some special powers for oh. the KFC in Lille. Everybody who like won the tournament like ate there the night before. I don't know. I think I discovered some other special powers. Apparently, I was wearing the same ratty blue shirt for day two of Alil as I was day two of Indy. And I did not know that. So I guess that's my lucky shirt now. Oh, you gotta, yeah, you gotta wear that shirt all the time. Uh, I hate it. That shirt is just disgusting, but it's the... Like, I was overheating the entire weekend. I was, like, melting. My brain could not function with how hot I was. <laughs> Michael, how was your France experience? It was fun. I also ate fun things. I think we went to that same bakery that you did. Fino. Was it Paul? Paul? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I, I don't remember, but Leslie and I went back as well. <laughs> Wait, is Paul the chain? Or is yeah, that Paul's like... a chain, I think. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, there was a Paul in the mall. Not that one. There was one in like the old town that one was really good and then there's another bakery like 10 minutes north of there yeah. that was even better that was like a f like i don't remember the name but it was like a famous bakery and then yeah like, it was like kind of fancy when you enter you have to like kind of walk through and almost enter a courtyard if you want to dine in and then you like turn right yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 that one was really good although like i don't know i'm not too fancy and it was just like a, a tinge more fancier than than I needed it to be. But Leslie really liked it. So, yeah, it was a good time in terms of food. I think I think my food experience was overall, I guess, like less fun than you guys. I spent uh, spent a lot of time at this Vapiano's because we were just like playing drafts there. I think overall, apart from apart from just like being in France, I think it was like a lot of fun to just like host all the all these drafts at uh, the hotel and the Airbnbs that we were staying at. Mm. Although I think word of advice to anybody who is traveling, you know, I I used to be like okay with Airbnbs, but I heard of a lot of kind of bad stories from everybody who went to Lille uh, this time. You you guys ended up with a uh, was it was it you guys or was it uh, yeah it was, was it was not just it was not just us. Oh really? Yeah, I I heard from like three or four different parties at separate Airbnbs that all had issues with bedbugs. Oh. The uh, the hotel that I had the last night of London that made me leave London early was like that. Uh, it was so bad that I refused to fall asleep in the hotel, cause and I couldn't like leave the hotel yet or whatever because like my bus trip wasn't until the morning, so I was mm -hmm. like I had to wait. It uh. I paid extra for a place with two twin beds and AC. It had neither of these things. The place was not ventilated and had no screens in the windows. There were cigarette butts, mold. Um, the beds had stains on the sheet and the bed itself. I think some of them were from bed bugs. And then uh, when I was up, you know, all night, uh, I spent part of it just looking at reviews of the place, which I probably should have done in advance, but you know, I'm not, I'm not smart. Um, and, uh, one of the reviews really stuck out to me, uh, theft, 
apparently a lot of people had their rooms broken into and their baggage cut open and all of their valuables stolen out of their bags. And they, everyone was fairly certain that it was by the employees because the doors weren't kicked open. They were just regular opened. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta vet, vet the places that you book when you're traveling abroad or even just like away from, from where you normally live. How was the tournament experience for you overall? Uh, do you want to go into detail the whole thing? Uh, however much detail you want to give. Yeah, sure. Um, so day one, draft pod, I forced Icelander because most of the time, kind of, you guys mentioned it in your other episode, a lot of people don't tend to want to draft Icelander, so I like hedging towards Icelander because it just is handed to me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a good Icelander deck. Uh, I only saw one copy of the Arcane Barrier chess piece go around the entire draft, and it did not wheel. Um, and there was just something else in the pack for me that was better. It was like a Red Ice Vein or something. I don't remember. It was like pack two, and it, there was a card I needed for the deck. I yeah. was like, oh, damn, I'm missing this. I need this. This will wheel, because it seems like Icelander's open. And then, of course, round one, I faced the other Icelander, and I ended up with no Quell and no AB. <laughs> I got him to one and then lost because didn't have AB. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I faced two of the fives in the pod. Um, I think there was like a con I didn't check what was my in my pod, but based on the quality of their decks, I think there was just like a Congo line of thighs, like four of them in a row, because they all just had poop soup decks, just, you know, tons of cards <laughs> that they were actively didn't want in their deck. Um, this is all protections. Yeah. Um, and then uh, day two draft, I again hedged towards Icelander, but then my neighbor told me that they're Icelander very quickly, so I did not get what I wanted um, and ended up being uh, Dromai as the, that was just like my seat is Dromai, so I drafted that. Um, ended up being directly across from the other Dromai. I think both of us had the best two decks in the pod. I ended up facing him in the, the second round of draft. Uh, that was a really fun mirror. Uh, and he was also a Prism main, I believe. So we <laughs> knew the matchup pretty well. So that was interesting. Uh, weirdly, I don't draft Dromai a lot. So that was, I think, my first Dromai mirror in draft, which so that like, I was learning a bit while I was playing. Yeah. And then I ended up facing two of the fives in the pod of uh, round one and three of draft and, you know, smushed to them because they cannibalized each other's decks because Congo line of fives. And <laughs> I had probably the best deck in the pod next to that other Dromai. Um, I ended up having like a really good pack three um, because I think every single person that he was passing to opened a dragon so he didn't <laughs> see any of the dragons pack three and they all just got fed to me yeah yeah, yeah um, i think i think drama you always like get into like a little bit of a, a pack lottery of sorts mm -hmm. depending on like where you're sitting and now the packs open yeah my deck was like fine without them it was still very good yep. and like there's still cards in those packs that i would have happily taken like a red ember maw or something but i was like i will gladly take this kyloria or whatever it was i ended up grabbing mm -hmm. um and then uh, for the constructed portion, I ended up facing zero guardians. <laughs> this, this is why we play Prism to face zero guardians. Love to see it. Yeah. Um, I think I faced like four or five viscerai. I don't remember anymore. Um, let's backtrack. I faced one Lexi, one Mirror, 
uh, a briar. It was one of the briars in top eight. Um, is that it? And everything else was viscerai. I might be missing like one off deck, but basically lots like five of five viscerais. Yeah. Uh, notably, two of them was uh, Pablo, and the other one was Yuki. Yeah. Uh, the game against Yuki was really interesting. It was the, I'm going to go to one while you're at like 30 or something, and then win the game at one. Uh, <laughs> just, I had the auras, and then the top of my deck lined up nicely to what she drew, and she it, she had the look on her face at the end of, how did this slip away? What happened? <laughs> uh... <laughs> And then um, against Pablo, uh, that was a really good game, but it was in the reverse where I was at like 30 and then he was at zero. Mm -hmm. I, um, he had a lot of lead the charges and stuff like that. So he basically never missed for a very long time on the go again. But his deck list did not have as much punching power as a lot of the other Viscerai's. He wasn't yeah. playing like as many of the big attacks. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was every time he was doing that, I would just trade cards with him because he wasn't getting leak damage. And then he finally missed a round of punching two auras, and then it started slipping away from there. And then he whiffed one of the rounds on a go again, and then it just snowballed. Yeah, yeah I feel like Prism was all, was very punishing to even like decks that are supposedly favored against Prism. If you kind of like miss on a round or two, it's just like, you get punished very hard, but we don't have to worry about that anymore because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. my queen, my you, queen, Yoris, who, uh, we actually, we were playing some drafts with the day before you won the calling. Um, what was the hotel that we were drafting at? That hotel was like, no, Novo, Novotel. That was like the literal, like that was flesh and blood central at Lil. Yeah, yeah. James White was staying there. All those casters. That was oh my! I wish I had started visiting that that spot earlier. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was overall like a pretty good time. I had a great time just like hanging out with people that I normally wouldn't have gotten a chance to hang out with. I wanted to spend some time while we have our pro tour uh, top eight player, somebody who has a lot more accomplishments than either. Michael or myself to talk about kind of the CC coming forward. I don't know. You guys, you guys are goats too. Fucking national second place calling champion. No, no, no. We're we're we're, <laughs> we're, we're washed up. Well, okay. So CC now is kind of an interesting spot, right? Without Prism, Prism was of course keeping Olten back. Now we live in a world without Prism. Yeah, I have a um, stat that I wanted to talk about. So on the very first day of, um, or not the fir first day, the first week of nationals, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight CC nationals, and Oldham won four of them. Excuse me, Oldham won four of them, and Briar won two. And I think before they reduced the LL points, I thought that it, Briar was kind of going to be like a lock to, to LL, but before. Uh, before worlds but now that they, they reduced the points and oldham has been doing really well i guess how does that make you feel <laughs> rosetta yeah. stick around yeah how do, how do you guys feel about our uh about our icy overlords i don't appreciate these guardians uh acting like they get to play the game again 
<laughs> do you have any do you have any secret sauce? I don't know. I'm I'm not looking forward to this meta. It's I feel like no one's excited about most of their matchups. It's like you're either playing Oldham and facing people that don't want to face Oldham, or you're playing old playing not old him and hoping to face not old him. And, it's just, <laughs> and then and then it's just a bunch of old him mirrors and like I don't know. None of this sparks joy. It, <laughs> what sparked joy in the last meta for you? Playing against old hymns. <laughs> I don't, no, I, seriously. I don't get to face them. I don't get to face old him. Did, did that spark joy though? When you like play old old him into or prism into old him? Uh not really, because it was just like a stomp. That's that's not joy sparking, but I also never got to actually don't even know the last time I actually faced an old him. Cause like I haven't faced one. I I literally don't think I've faced an old him since Aria because you know it was Starvo after that. Yeah, I didn't face a single one at the Calling or the Pro Tour. All the Road to Nationals. I was also playing Icelander Roads though, but I still yeah. didn't see any old hymns. Like um, I only ask because like you say, the current meta doesn't really spark joy. So like what what like did spark joy in 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 past times? The thing with this is it feels like there is one option basically and it's play grindy games where before the only option was play first cycle decks. Mm -hmm. And like you could play a second cycle old him deck and just hope to gem format and not face prism, which is an option. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't like that. There's not a lot of diversity and choice when it comes to that of like, you're either playing a second cycle old him deck or you're trying to play a deck that, beats a second cycle old him deck and most of those are seconds like icelander otk that's a second cycle deck Dromai, mm -hmm. that's a third cycle deck some, um, yeah, some yeah, often yeah um if you're playing an aggro deck that game is going to probably still go to second cycle and like, you're not built for that and you're just sitting there playing really passive trying to like wait for the right round and like be really patient which you know I, I don't I'm not saying I don't like patient gameplay, but it's when every single round of the tournament is that that just that gets a little boring. Yeah, I I think okay, here's my view on the whole situation. I think that it's honestly just due to a lack of total decks available that you can play that mm. the metagame always gets like super condensed. And it I think partially it's it's because of like the LL system and how fast heroes are rotating out. But I think there's only ever like, let's call it like eight decks that are viable. Then you're always going to get like two to three that kind of rise to the top. I think if we had 20 decks that were viable, then you could like play matchup lottery a little bit more. And then you would get like a little bit more of a diversity because like if you were submitting old him before when prison was legal, like, even if ten like like ten percent of the people are gonna play Prism, and they're probably gonna do okay. Uh, <laughs> one of our friends actually, match of lottery killed World Hymns on the second day. It, it's just like you can say his name. Cody Williams is proud of it. <laughs> I mean, it, I I think it's just like if there were more decks like occupying the same niche as Prism that weren't just like auto losses for old him like maybe that would have been a better a better choice and then maybe you can like punish some of the people who are just like 
going balls to the walls like for a cycle aggro. I don't know. I 100% agree with that. And I think part of it too is like some of these decks are really polarizing. Like mm -hmm. Prism, very polarizing. Ultim now, very polarizing where you have these gatekeepers of the format where it's like you're either playing this or playing something that can beat this. Yeah. And if you don't do either of these things, then you don't even exist. Yeah, that, that's fair. I'm I'm hoping that as the game develops out a little bit more, that hopefully we'll see a slower rotation. I would like for the decks to get fleshed out a little bit more, like more cards get supported so that overall the power level increases a little bit. I think that's also like part of the issue. But looking forward to, I guess, like this week of Nats, there's uh, a couple. I think like the big ones this week are going to be Canada. I think Canada is like the big one. And maybe Spain. Uh, do you guys think that it's going to be kind of more more or less the same same story, just old him domination? Or, or do you think that there's uh, options for people to kind of attack the, the metagame, so to speak? Um, I don't know if we can say that Ultim is is dominating. I mean, he may have won for nationals, um, but like those top eights were not like just straight up five or six Ultims every time. And I'm pretty sure in the finals of almost all of those, it wasn't an Ultim mirror. Right. Um, like to me, that doesn't spell dominance. Like if you were to ask people, like, what do you think is the best deck in CC? I'm not sure there is like a hands down best deck. Mm -hmm. Um, the, like the other four nationals, what it was like two Briar, one Dromai, and one Reinar. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there are decks that can, um, kind of take advantage of the way Ultim operates, um, on multiple axes. Like Ultim only usually has one action point. Ultim's actual raw damage output isn't very high. Like Ultim actually doesn't play a lot of three blocks. Like it has one of the highest two block counts, um, for a deck. At yeah. least, like, compared to, like, I don't know, like, a hero like Dash or any of the Warriors. Um, like, there's a lot of, like, ways to exploit Ultim, and I, I'm not really sure it's the best deck. It might be... There is, like, a dynamic where, like, these slower decks, these more controlling decks, um, players who have more experience tend to gravitate towards them uh, through a combination of, you know, they've played it more often, uh, they feel like there's more agency, mm -hmm. they don't want to do, like, what people say, like, coin flip aggro matchups um but i don't know I, I don't feel like there's an ultim dominance but i do feel like ultim is a huge part of the meta like i would expect ultim to start becoming like a third to yeah about a third of yeah, like a third is pretty presents. a third is pretty big a third is like kind of where starro was at before starro was like closer to yeah yeah agree agree but that was like a weird format that was also just like a three deck format like right yeah. now we're like in an eight deck format a third is just like double yeah, that representation. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like an eight deck format right now. I think that part of that might just be because we're so early into the meta. I guess just to answer your question, I, I don't think that Ultim is dominating. I, I still expect Ultim to put up results, but I think that if you're, you know, having nationals this weekend and you don't have like a rock solid Ultim plan, yeah. um, you'd be doing yourself a disservice. And I do expect other decks to be able to like beat Ultim. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, tech cards or like five or six extra cards in your sideboard that are almost just dedicated to beating ultim fair, fair enough Fino, uh, how do you feel uh what do you think what do you expect with nationals this this week i think 
I don't know about this week specifically, sure. but I think that whoever can figure out an aggro deck that can overcome old him might just be the best deck in format. And right. just like kind of like last year where we just like, oh, we have this pre- like, do you guys remember last national season? We had like going into that, this perception that was like Prism Bravo, probably the best two decks. And then Briar came out of nowhere, and it was suddenly a Briar format, and then the meta developed from there. Like, wait, is this like the original, like first nationals ever? Yeah, no, or I, I don't know if there was one before that, but like last, no, no, yeah, I guess there were, but you're talking about U.S. nationals. We we had the one um, where Briar won the the mm-hmm. whole thing, and then I think it was the one that folks won, yeah. and then but the week before that. The, the perception of the community was not Briar was the the deck to beat. And then suddenly, oops, Briar, and then that was just the deck that you were either playing at or you knew that was going on and brought a deck to beat it. Mm-hmm, right. um, and that just turned the format on its head just overnight, essentially. Um, if someone was to do that again, I think we're literally in this spot of uh, the old him is like the deck to beat, of like you're either playing it or you're playing a deck that beats it. But if someone figures that out, like you're now the de facto best deck in format because you you have officially beaten the gatekeeper. I'm I'm really hoping that it's Dromai. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> I I made Michael sign a pact with me where he would tell me not to register Guardian. Every time I register <laughs> Guardian at these large tournaments, I've done this twice now. Uh at US Nationals and also at Pro Tour. I just like I mental boomed myself. I'm in like a bad I'm in a bad spot, and then I just end up registering this like kind of terrible guardian list, mm-hmm. and I go like two and six and CC. I have no one to blame but myself. <laughs> <sighs> Don't do that. And so yeah, well, so this time <laughs> I signed. I I told Michael, I was like Michael, you have to tell me. Don't submit guardian. So I I may have locked myself out of playing the. The gatekeeper. Well, you guys don't have to worry about me ever playing that. Ugh. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. So before we were recording, we actually got a recording delayed by half an hour because Michael wanted to play on Talishar uh, before, and you know, like these games usually go pretty fast. Like I think he started the game at like like one twenty, one thirty, and we we were gonna record at two, but of course it just ended up being an old him mirror. And we were watching it from the other player's perspective because <laughs> Michael's playing against Cody Williams. Oh my god! I thought I could sneak in a quick one. Honestly, my ultimate mirrors are usually under thirty minutes, but I didn't realize we we're gonna go to turn thirty-nine and be on two to three cards left in deck. <laughs> Podcast record in a few minutes. I can squeak an ultimate mirror in. It just—I was watching him like play games, and I was like, I want some of this action, <laughs> and then I joined. <laughs> And I was like, oh shoot, I forgot 2 p.m. is all we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> do the podcast. Oops. I actually try I actually played a little differently. I like I usually like I just like try to be more aggressive and then I just ate staunches. So I don't know. <laughs> and then he uh, and, and then he wrote in the chat, he's like, tell Fino and Yanji I'm gonna be late. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like in the in-game chat. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cody was like high fang, and I was like, "All right, I guess, I guess you guys figured it out." <laughs> he was like, "Nobody blocks with that card except for Fang." <laughs> yes, yes, he's got your number. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there is some negativity about the current meta, but I, I actually do kind of like when there's like 
there's like no question mark because i really feel like like last like like first of all learning to start with meta like i just felt like starbo was like just like nuts like mm-hmm. yeah like maybe he was not consistently winning or sometimes he would lose but like overall the consistency and just kind of like the strength of what he was doing was just like so powerful mm-hmm. um even decks that could try to like take advantage of it sometimes just you know they couldn't also play a movable dude ls um, boomed me it, i was so sad it's like okay they're like starvo's a problem you know what we're gonna do we're gonna ban autumn's touch Vizerai hasn't won anything we're gonna ban the card that like makes him function <laughs> that is something i find really funny uh i remember like you and i were both on i just copied your Vizerai list basically yeah and then like skeleto was banned and just like overnight the ultimate matchup which was like three just became like a nightmare. Yeah, it, it's like it's like the the greatest swing in history. It's like before I felt like old him Vizarai versus old him with Skeleta is like ninety five percent for the Vizarai to win, and then yeah. now it's like twenty percent for the Vizarai to win. Yeah. <laughs> like how? It's maybe they could do that. Like, could you do that with like Prism? You just like ban like Luminaris. Like how? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. like a bigger swing. Yeah, if you're if you're playing Prism. They're like, oh, Prism is, Prism is a problem. Just ban Luminaris. People were calling for that. They Like, the chat, or the like the comment section of all those things were like, why Scalata not Luminaris? I was like, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> it's, it's just it's catching strays. <laughs> I I have a deck that I, I've been working on for a while, and I hope that, that I don't just, like, decide to pivot into the Guardian at the last second again. Okay, I'll just take the I'll I'll uh, conspire with the hotel because you probably didn't you know read any reviews about it, and then we'll like sneak into your room, I'll cut open your luggage, or steal your guardian cards. <laughs> just wake up the next morning like, oh, this is the only thing I can play. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say just break and displace and take them. Can't play them now. Ugh, <laughs> oh. I'll play. Um, I wanted to kind of end with. I guess like some funny stories from uh, the past couple of weeks. Fina, you have like a, a grudge against one of the people that we were, we were hanging out with for a, a pasta related incident. <laughs> so it was the the eve before the pro tour, um, and someone in our Discord was like, "Hey, make sure you guys sign up for the." The banquet if you haven't already and get a plus one just in case anyone in the group uh forgets or has someone they didn't get a plus one for mm-hmm. so I was like, okay got the plus one and we get there and uh brody uh forgot to register for the uh the banquet so i was like you can have my plus one whatever and we get in and kind of say make my round say hi to everyone i come back to the group and i see brody eating and he's eating just plain pasta <laughs> nothing on it no butter no sauce, no cheese. He had to specifically ask for pasta without anything on it because all they had was pasta with stuff on it. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you wasted the plus one to get pasta with nothing on it. I would have accepted not eating at all over this because the, <laughs> the food wasn't good enough for your standards. But no, no. Pasta with nothing? <laughs> I almost ripped the armband for getting into the area <laughs> off his arm when I saw that. I was like, leave. <laughs> I personally ate nothing when I was in there because yeah, you were the, like, one, the food didn't look as good as last Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. But 
also in France, why would I eat what they had there when I have all of these amazing food things in the area to try and uh, like, hmm, this is okay. Or I could go have amazing, fantastic, best of food I've had in my life. <laughs> a plain pasta. Yeah, we hung out with Brody quite a bit because he was staying with us. And he he has a he has a different outlook on food. Kind of just views it as calories. We uh we got him to start trying stuff by the end of the weekend. I had a funny conversation with him. He was <laughs> like, wait, so you mean I don't have to like it? I don't have to buy it. I just have to try it. <laughs> yes. Just try it. Expand your horizons, Brody. Don't just have plain food. <laughs> you don't have to like it. Just try a bite of whatever is around you just to expand your horizon. Like, I mean, huh. it's, uh, it's just gaining experience. And you Ooh. never know. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll like it. Um, Michael, do you have any funny stories from from France? Uh, funny stories from France. I can't think of anything that was too funny. I really liked Fabiano, by the way. You made it sound not so fun, but no, 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 no. I would have gone there every day. I'm, I'm just saying that we spent, I spent a lot of time there. Oh, like you didn't really get to like try like these like yeah, yeah, yeah. more like hole in the wall fun. Okay, okay. I, I did on one day um, go with a Lazy Dog, and we went to this like um, we were like in this upstairs like dining place, and then they were serving I think like local to Lille kind of dishes one of them was this like welsh stew thing or, or it was like some some kind of stew uh, i think that was like pretty uh pretty famous locally and then we had some had some drinks that was pretty nice but i think yeah overall just kind of stuck to the chains i did get to go to a bakery early in the morning in the town square i thought that was pretty good mm -hmm. um i have a funny story so on the night after Pro Tour Sunday, I think Kale McCreeth posts online and he's like, does anyone want to get like smashed? <laughs> and so we, we, we ended up like meeting up with him. Well, first of all, we're at this like really small bar that it's like one, it's like one of those like places that you might like take somebody out for a date on, like, like kind of low key. We're like standing outside. We're like a group of like 30 rowdy flesh and blood players. And then Kale's like, get everyone two shots. Blah, blah, blah. And then the bartender is like, oh, we don't really do that here. I'll pour you guys a shot so you got to like move next door. And next door there was like this like kind of like like DJ, like bar, like dance bar, whatever kind of thing. It was like a little bit more like suited. Fast forward a little bit. So the bar like closes. We're like trying to walk to go to this like 24 hour, uh, 24 hour like bistro, supposedly. Okay. Also, side note never trust Lazy Dog when he says something is five minutes away because it's, it's five minutes away. You're walking for 15 minutes and you're like, do you know where we're going? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's five minutes away. Five, five minutes driving, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so so the story behind that is the place that we were originally going to go to was closed, but he failed to tell any of us that. And then oh we were just going God. to walk somewhere else. Uh, but in any case, I was, like, walking next to uh, Kale and this other guy from New Zealand. I forget his name right now. And K 
Kale at this point was just like hammered. And then he's, he gets into a fight with like a parked car. He's like, oh, I just want to punch this car. And then after that, starts like walking into the middle of the street at this like other car that's like swerving. I thought we were going to get into some kind of legal issues. We were just trying to defuse the situation because the driver like stopped after Kale like slapped his car after he like swerved out of the way. He's like, are you okay? <laughs> I think he thought he hit him. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. That, that was definitely a night that I'll remember for a while. <laughs> Kale wanted to give him the Boston beatdown. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 New Zealand the Auckland beatdown. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It was it was definitely a kind of interesting night. I think I think when we finally when we finally got to the the spot, it was like a it was like a nightclub, and there's like all these people who are like dressed well, and we're like all in our fucking flesh and blood shorts, and some of us have backpacks. And I was like, <laughs> I'm calling it. <laughs> You know, at every at every point in like a night out, you gotta just like make there, there's a there's a there's a stopping point, and you yeah, gotta find out it. you gotta find out where the stopping point is. This ain't it. We're going <laughs> yeah. So so I was like, I'm I'm calling a cab back to the hotel. Whoever <laughs> wants to come with me, you can come with me. <laughs> Sounds like I missed out. <laughs> I don't know, but. I don't know. That's that's what it was. I think overall it was a good time to be had. I'm kind of excited for U.S. Nationals coming up, but then I, I'm a little bit more excited for Worlds after that. Yeah, Nationals just play testing for Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Unless unless they they hit us with the the spicy crown of seeds ban. I don't know. Yeah, I my greatest hope for this game is that they release more heroes. I just want more decks. Uh, do you guys have any any parting parting thoughts? I'm curious. Are you guys enjoying this meta currently? Um. Okay. One thing that I I do like about this meta that I've been playing, a lot of the games that I've been playing kind of feel more like um, OG Flesh and Blood, like a lot of like grinding for value, mm. playing for little incremental advantages. And I think that the reason why that didn't exist as much before is because they kind of banned out like a lot of the high powered stuff in the formats. Um, obviously, Oldham is still pretty strong, but the way that Oldham is strong is not like I don't think it's overbearing to the same degree that like Chain, Starvo, or or, or even Skeletivus. Yeah, I I feel very similarly. Um, I think like pitch stacking is a is a skill. And I think it's like something that right now the current meta kind of rewards deck players who are, I guess, comfortable doing that. Comfortable like being intentional with not just the cards they pitch, but the like the specific order, even if it's just two cards, right? Like kind of like deciding one over the other throughout a course of a game. And it does kind of feel like, you know, I, I do know that these games do get grindy, and I because I know you mentioned that, Fino, but I do feel like the grinder games do reward like um experience and just kind of like navigation whereas mm -hmm. of course there are always going to be um at aggressive mirror decks that you know two decks that both are just not ever wanting to draw the second cycle in mm -hmm. fact they might not even draw half of the deck right like there's still going to be that um but i think you get more choices i do feel like um 
like when we were playing uh like just this last meta like if you're playing like an aggressive deck like you never hit the second cycle but right now i do feel like against you know like ultim like some of these decks that are aggressive like um briar or bizaride you know they have like a different plan i think i i think that's good Chan, i'm not Chan, sure if... Chan hit the second cycle it's just like yeah, the, yeah. Four, the four blues that you've hitched and then you draw them and then you either win with them or you do or you don't no no sorry i mean the uh <laughs> lil oh okay like i didn't feel like there was a lot of second cycling unless it was a guardian mirror yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's happening a lot more now. And I, you know, it, it, it is like uncomfortable if you're like, you've never like really considered flesh and blood that way. But I do think it is a really cool part of the game that like, I'll, like I, I don't really know any other games. I don't really have experience with a lot of games, but like I played Magic. Magic never had pitch stack in your deck. And I think it's really cool that that can be one of your win conditions and it's like a skill that you can practice. Yeah, it feels weird because I haven't, prior to, you know, practicing for this next meta, haven't gone to second cycle in a classic constructed game since monarch <laughs> none of the games have gone to that point it's always win or lose before then yeah. um i used to have these like i used to have to do cursed pitch stacks in prison before where i'm setting up like iridition tome stacks at the end of the game yeah. Um, yeah i haven't had to use that muscle in almost a year now feels weird also, I don't, I don't, I have no problem with grindy games. Just to point that out, I actually really enjoy grindy games. Yeah. My gripe was just if every single game yeah, is, yeah. it can get a little tiresome. Oh, fair, it's fair. it's time for the it's time for the boomer flesh and blood players to rise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's our time again. New Zealand's gonna rise back up. I, uh... <laughs> yeah, right. I can't wait to see what nationals this weekend are going to be like anyone that streams their nationals uh you know i'll be trying to watch them it, it's just always interesting because especially some of these like different countries and different regions have like slightly different metas and it's gonna be really cool when we all get back together for nationals just to like i don't know do a fun draft at some bar pub or whatever and just kick it you know i i, I love that thanks so much for joining us you know and so should yeah, I bring my Innistrad cube for us to draft at nationals? Uh, <laughs> you could. How many? Uh, what's it called? Sprouts form or what's the thing that makes all spider swarming? Yeah. How many of those are in the cube? The correct ratio that should be in an original's booster draft. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so now, like, it, I I collated the packs to be the same pull ratios as it would be opening original pack. That took a very long time figuring out the math of that because there's not a lot of info for back then. So I just had to sit down and just watch a shitload of pack openings and do the math myself. (laughs) Did you know it off the top of your head, like a random, like a specific uncommon? Is it like one or two per draft or two? Um, I think it's between one and three that's opened in an eight man pod. I don't remember anymore because I literally haven't touched the draft cube (laughs) since before COVID. Gotcha. I made it, and then COVID hit, and I was like, "Shit, <laughs> <laughs> rip magic." Ah, uh, well, this is this is a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll hopefully one of us will will win the U.S. Nationals, and we can do this episode again. Fang needs to get a second again, so we can go to IHOP again. Oh man! Oh, all right, that is no, a no, Denny's. 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 
That's oh. now that's such. Uh, I told you guys this before, but for the viewers, this became a tradition in my uh, my circle. Whoever does best at an event gets to choose food for the the group at the end. Yep. Um, and now we also have a few. Like we went to a few things where like the tournament end at a really like fucked time. Yeah. Like um, there was one that we went to where it ended at like two or three a.m. Obviously, there's no food open, so we have like two people in our group that have banked food of choosing, so they're all going to be fighting uh, who gets to pick food <laughs> for for the uh, when we go the first couple days at Nats. <laughs> Excellent. Denny's is, is great. Don't don't hate on the Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Hopefully no more sad Denny's this <laughs> time. All right, well, uh, see you guys on the next one. Hopefully we'll – I think we'll – do another episode maybe uh, right before it'll be right before we travel for nationals or maybe yeah it'll be right before we yeah. travel for nationals next week uh maybe like uh, something a little bit more in depth on kind of like what what the decks that we think are going to be at us uh thank you for joining us you know and uh till the thanks next for having one. me on